This is a podcast from China Daily Hong Kong. Thanks for tuning into an edition of Story Spotlight, where we engage with a CDHK reporter and dive deeper into a recently published story which drew a buzz. I'll be speaking to CDHK reporter Shuman Chen on her recently published feature titled "A Medical Tech Shield for Women," which focuses on the burgeoning femtech or female technology market in the Greater Bay Area and how it's helping to solve long overdue issues involving women's health-related problems. Shuman Chen, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast today. Hi, Azem. I'm glad to be here. Through technology and led by young, brilliant women, solutions to help women enjoy healthier lives, stigma-free, is finally possibly here to stay. You know, I really enjoyed your latest feature article. Your story covers, in my opinion, a crucial topic that really doesn't get enough attention. You know, medicine. And the medical field today that we know today is really focused on and has been built to cater to man's health and the biology of man. And this has got to change, I think, and it's why women's health is not prioritized. But I think that's changing now slowly. And your your article really touches on that. So I first wanted to know why you chose this particular topic, and could you give a brief explanation on this burgeoning sector, femtech, which is a growing market in the Greater Bay Area? I will begin with the explanation of femtech. It's actually a composite word of female and technology, and it is now an emerging business that applies a range of technology-focused medical products and services to target women's health issues like fertility, pregnancy, nursing, and reproductive system healthcare. As for the reasons why I chose this topic, actually, personally, I. Care about my own health, and as a woman, I pay more attention in the daily life to the technology development or products that can make women's life easier and healthier. One day, I just came across an article that introduces the uprising femtech industry in the North America, and I happened to know two persons. Who are also developing female-related、uh, medical products? They are once my interviewees long time ago. So I began to wonder whether in the Greater Bay Area there's also such business trend. You know, like you said, it's such a growing market. I believe your article mentioned that the femtech market is estimated to hit 1.15 billion U.S. dollars by 2025. Huge! And in the West, in many Western countries, now this sector is taking off. The need to focus on and evolve healthcare for women, the medical issues for women's health that you mentioned earlier, and now it's taking off in the GBA. And Hong Kong's research at the tertiary level is world renowned. Hong Kong, both as its research capabilities, but also its exposure to the West and to the global markets. But why is femtech taking off in the Greater Bay Area? What do you think is the reason from covering the story and talking to people? Yeah, definitely. I think、uh, one of the best things of、uh, being Hong Kong is that you can get in touch with many world-leading technologies. And I also noticed that recently, many Hong Kong universities, like Hong Kong University of Science and Technology, they are setting up、uh, programs related to high-end technology like AI and big data. And they also work closely with the other universities in the Greater Bay Area, like. Jinan University in Guangzhou. One main reason is about the women's social status in the GBA. The femtech is emerging mostly in the economically vibrant regions like American European countries and GBA. 
I interviewed a professor who is developing an imaging technologies that can help women get pregnant more easily for those infertile women、mm. who have difficulty in having babies. And another is a female professor. Actually, she is working on technology that use menstruation blood to detect the cervical cancer. Oh wow, cervical cancer. Huge issue as well as for women's healthcare because of the high rate of cervical cancer among women, according to a survey that your article mentioned by the Hong Kong Anti Cancer Society in 2015, 38% of 300 women said they had never gone for any medical test for cervical cancer. Yeah, definitely. Actually, I never thought a menstruation blood can be used in medical field. Like we can use it to detect cancer or other female health problems. For me, I only know about that. You get HPV vaccination can help to prevent this disease. But I only until I wrote this article that I realized that it's not enough to、uh, to just get HPV vaccination. You have to do a regular medical check and. All of the common types of this cervical cancer checks are all invasive, and as an Asian woman, so、yeah. even if I well educated, I received higher education, and I'm received higher education in Hong Kong, so it's a very open and international city. I still find that this idea troubled me when I think that I have to lie on the bed, a doctor will put something into my body. Yeah. Yes, no, I understand so, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So when I found that this intelligent professor, she can just use something we used to consider useless to turn it into a treasure, like to turn it into something of value. Yeah, something valuable. Yeah, that's something which you know a lot of women and expressed that discomfort, Asian and non-Asian, actually, of this sort of process that we've normalized. And again, it comes from a very male-perspectived and dominated sector throughout its history. And I think your article also spoke about that there is definitely a cultural aspect on the stigma of women's health. Yeah, I think it definitely get him better because I remembered when I was a teenage girl, my mother told me that you never talk about menstruation with others, especially not even with your male relatives like my father. The generation of my mother considers it's a taboo and it's also shameful to talk about that. And I remember when I was in high school, we among girls we have this nickname "Great Auntie" for the menstruation. So back then, I did not understand why it's a normal phenomenon. But why can't the girls talk about that? The point that I want to mention is that when women's social status rises, their need will also get market attention, and、yes. I believe that's that's the main reason why the fintech industry is is rising now. Right, right. I particularly、uh, remember that that female professor who works on the menstruation blood. She told me that at first no one was willing to help her. She was also too shy to ask for her female friends for their menstruation blood to do the test. Right. So she has to use her own, and she <laughs> mentioned that sometimes she has to stay in the toilet for like two hours or longer just to get enough to run the test. So yeah. Where is she now? What does that company do now? Is it a? It's a big company in the GBA. 
No, it's still a startup in oh, okay. Hong Kong. Right. Actually, the startup industry in in the GBA is really in its infancy because uh, the two persons I interviewed, they are both still in the stage of deep developing products, which means that they're products. But this company has received about nine million funds right. from the government. I wanted to get what was the biggest or most surprising takeaway for you covering the story. In Hong Kong, in a such open and international city, there are still around thirty or forty percent, and it was still five years ago. They are still they didn't receive any surgical cancer examination, and most of them didn't do it because they think that this process is unpleasant or too sensitive. So maybe I think it still needs some works on on the education. I believe. Sure. To talk to girls that you are—it's—it's it's not a big issue. Xu Manchen, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me on the podcast today. Thank you, Azeb. That's all for this segment, guys. Until next time, stay healthy.